How do I navigate grief and loss and recovery at the same time? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. It's going to be sweet today. This is such a vital topic for recovery. Um, but how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing really good. Um, what about you? How are doing, things? Doing really good, man. I was going through, we kind of did that uh, that giveaway for all of the reviews for people to put out. And I've been boosting my kind of like sense of self by reading all the reviews that you guys sent. So, so I can so just see, I could just see you on a Sunday afternoon, like laying in your living room, like, Oh, I'm going to read the next one. That's, oh, I that's feel actually so what happened just yesterday, Brandon. I literally <laughs> sat in my, on my couch after getting home from church. And I was like, I just want to feel good about myself for a minute. So I read like 10 of the reviews that people sent over the last couple of weeks and it did, it felt good. So I just want to say thanks to our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Well, yeah. they, they tell you that you're the man, but I'll tell you too, that you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> even though, yeah. even though I think it was just last week, you like called me a redneck, I think. Yeah. Well, you are yeah. a redneck, but, and you are the man. So <laughs> yeah. at the same time. So, yeah. so speaking of the man, we got Dwayne here. He's the man too. So Dwayne, welcome to the show. You guys, thank Dwayne, you. thank you for having me on. Oh, sorry, Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne, Dwayne Osterland is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He is also a fellow podcaster with us. He's got a couple of different podcasts. Um, one's called Helping Couples Heal. And the other one that he's actually part of the network with us on with the Sober Powered Media Network is the Addicted Mind podcast. And he has all sorts of awesome stuff that he brings on with guests, all different kinds of science, different angles on how to work and a real recovery here. And so we're really lucky to have you with us, Dwayne. Thank you. Yeah. I think we, I think we have a lot in common with, with you, Dwayne, you're a podcaster, you're a therapist, you have your personal experience. Um, I just, I just love watching what you're doing and, and I think your knowledge and experience and expertise goes right in, in alignment with what we, what we need here on our show. So I'm really glad that you're here. So. Thanks. I'm excited to be on. I, I love you guys as well. And, and you guys are doing such amazing work. So I'm excited to be a part of it with you guys. Yeah. So if you could give us a little background, like tell tell us a little bit about your story, um, maybe your story of recovery, and uh, just kind of give us some context as to who you are, Dwayne, if you could. Sure. Wow. Who I am? That's a big question. <laughs> where do you, where, um, not, not a full autobiography. <laughs> um, gee, yeah. You know, um, I think for me, I started in, in recovery pretty early. Um, I ended up in rehab when I was about 17 years old, uh, struggled with a lot of um, depression and anxiety and um, alcohol use. And um, so I was lucky enough. I always consider myself one of the lucky ones in the sense that I had a lot of support around me. So when I finally did need help and support, I was able to get it. And so I was able to get into a rehab and get some skills that I needed at, at that young age that I didn't have. And, um, and also I think it, you know, I think about the kids today and with the opioid crisis and I'm just like, I'm like, so thankful that I, I didn't 
grow up in that time because I think I would have been there. And Mm -hmm. so for me, I just feel incredibly blessed that it didn't end up that way and that I was able to get the help and support at 17 and I guess get the skills for my, my young brain to be able to stay away from that stuff and grow and mature and, um, then, um, you know, be able to be where I'm at today, which I'm just incredibly thankful for. And, um, I didn't really, that was my first part of my life. And then, then as I got older, I went to school and I got into, I was, uh, my bachelor's degree was in radio, television, and film. And I did that for about 10 years and, and, uh, you know, enjoyed it in certain ways. I thought it was what I really, you know, I thought this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work in, in the arts and, and do all this stuff. And, and really, I didn't like it very much. And uh, one day, um, I I was working on a set, and I I tripped over some uh, cable that they had laid for lights or whatever. I broke my leg, couldn't work, and um, I was on disability. And I was able to uh, go to. I'm a pretty driven person, so I like to do a lot of stuff. And and it was right in the middle of summer. And I said, you know, I've always been interested in in psychology. You know, let me let me go check this out. And so I went to the, to the university near me and uh, met with this man. His name is Vince. He's passed away since then. And he said, you know, I think you'd be good at this. And I have a six week course that you could be a part of and and take this class. And, and, um, and I, I, you know, I said, I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. And then I did, and I just really fell in love with it. And it, and it really became a second career for me working in this field, working, in um addiction and and doing that and i and i had my own history with it so it it just felt like a fit and it really fascinated me and so here i am i doing uh licensed marriage and family therapist and and uh, podcaster on addiction and i love this work and uh, i love doing it it's always awesome to hear a story of going from like media or tv or any other field to help people find becoming a therapist. And I think yours is no different. It's an awesome story. And I know that there's another kind of part to that story that we wanted to maybe talk with you about in the context of a good recovery as well, because you have elements of both of these things, but, but Dwayne, you've got your own personal sort of a like life experience with, with grief on top of being a therapist and dealing probably on a daily basis in some form with grief in your office, with our clients, with your clients. And today we wanted to talk a little bit about understanding and processing how the grieving process plays into the process of working a solid and honest recovery. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, I'm glad you bring that up. Yeah. So part of the story is, is um, you know, when, this is almost about 14 years ago when me and my wife decided to start a family. We had our first pregnancy and we're very excited and, and uh, we're really, you know, looking forward to this part of the journey. And um, unfortunately, we lost our first child. And I know it's it's hard to talk about um, losing a child or child grief. It's even hard to ask the question. I know it can be like uncomfortable mm-hmm. to even talk about it. But yeah, unfortunately, uh, her name was Audrey. Unfortunately, she was born just a little bit early. Um, and due to some complications, she was with us for just about a week. And unfortunately, she didn't make it. She didn't, um, 
you know, was, that was, I think the hardest thing I've ever done as, as a person was to have to say goodbye to your child and, um, to go through that process. And I think, I think, you know, going back to my story earlier too, being lucky enough to have some of those skills around me from being in recovery and, and, and getting mental health help helped me and my wife go through that process. But it was incredibly, uh, incredibly difficult, incredibly painful. And, you know, even as I talk about it now, there's a lot of emotion in that because it's just a grief that I think um, is so deep uh, and so painful um, that it's, it's just, it can, it's just now a, a part of my life, if that makes sense, a mm -hmm. part of how I am. And, you know, the first, when you, and I think with, when we talk specifically about this kind of grief, we're talking about baby loss grief. And for people who use, lose very young children or babies, it's often really difficult because it's not seen by everybody, right? Not everybody got to meet Audrey, yeah. got to see her, right? right? Because she was only here for a week. So it's kind of like this, your child comes into this, this world and, and you have all these hopes and plans and, and what you think everything's supposed to be. And then all of a sudden, that is completely different. And it's, it's, it's kind of a shock, you know, and the little things that go with that. And, um, you know, just, you're, you're not supposed to walk out of the hospital without a child. And then there you are with your partner walking out of the hospital without a child. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's hard for people to, to see that or understand that. So for any, you know, I just say this for any, any parents out there who have lost their children, my heart just goes out with you, out to you. And also just the, um, the, the, that baby loss piece is, um, for parents who go through that, I just, you know, I just want to say, you know, I see you and mm -hmm. other, other parents out there see you as well. And so going, you know, going into, I know that gets really, can be really heavy and, and a hard topic, but part of the process that really uh, helped us was there was a, a chaplain at, 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 at this hospital. She was amazing. I don't know how we would have gotten through this without her. Yet, um, and what, and all she did, her specialty was just working with parents who lost children. I, I don't know how a person wow. is called to <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> because the grief is so intense. And, uh, but what she did is she put us with other parents who had lost their babies. And together we did this journey and, um, they've become lifelong friends to me where we are bonded in a way that I don't think you, you, you get very little of, uh, but it was through that group that we, we survived that. Wow. If, if that makes sense, because we could all relate to this grief together. And, um, she was, she's, she's just an angel on earth to, to put that together and do that. And, um, it was amazing. Yeah, that was, looking back now i can i can be thankful for that experience but that's taken a long time to to get there yeah so i know we jumped in really deep really fast yeah, yeah. here we are i, I want to back up a little Dwayne. um the, the as you're talking about this like the the pain and the grief 
that you experienced was so deep and and so unique in, in many ways that um what a blessing to have other people who experience similar things to be able to provide that empathy and processing that pain with with them but i, I want to ask you um it's it, it's really fascinating to me you went to rehab at such a young age um mm-hmm. and i imagine you know if if addiction is there then you you got really good at numbing out pain at a really young age and yeah. so and so then you went to treatment um i i imagine there was sobriety between you know you, yeah. the young age you went to treatment and getting married and having this baby um was there any part of you that that really wanted to numb it out when when the grief came when it was just like you know what like or were you solid enough then with the tools to, to be able to deal with the pain as it came? You know, uh, for me and this addictive process is like, I think for me, because I got help very early in my process, it was like, I was right on the edge of moving into full-blown addiction mm-hmm. and, and, and being a person who's like, this is problematic use. And I was right there. So um, for me, um, I think it had given me a lot of skills that I had been able to practice to to try and be present. But the reality is, for me, the grief was so intense. I really don't remember the year after. I know that sounds kind of strange, mm. but somehow we just moved along. I think at times there were ways in which, uh, you know, you didn't want to cope um, in the most healthy way. But at the same time, it never it never pushed me back to that addictive process, and I and I'm thankful for that in in a, in a capacity that I didn't feel that was um, destructive. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm almost like hearing you say that you caught your addiction so young, your brain still had a chance to really develop the skills to deal with yeah. the difficult yeah. emotions and not have to numb it out. Yeah, and I think it also gave me the awareness that I am in like that my brain is primed for this. So I'm very uh, aware that I don't want to do things that have addictive potential, if that makes sense. So I really watch that and, and stay away from that because I feel like um, I kind of have that addictive brain, if that makes sense. Uh But I was lucky enough to once again, get those skills, get that intervention, give my brain some time to mature so that it had, um, it has a little more resiliency when it comes to that, that process Mm -hmm. and that, that part of that process. But I definitely have that, um, addictive personality, I guess, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I have to be aware of it. Right. Yeah. Dwayne, Dwayne, I I, want to just speak this out loud with what you just said, how some of those feelings, even just talking about it again, are are coming up inside of you and how that's maybe just a part of your life and how beautiful it is that you can just accept that as part of your life and still be able to share yourself this way. And I want, I just want to say to you that I feel that from you and I hope our listeners can feel it through what they're hearing right now. Um, and what a gift it is that you're here willing to share not only expertise, but your, your person. And um, you were talking about 
this idea of grieving and not just the not just the things that are tangible in the losses you know but the the intangibles maybe we call them ambiguous losses where you can't really put your finger on it but you know your body is doing something to grieve and can't even put language to it right and i think in your situation it was kind of unique the way that it came through and other listeners are probably having their own forms of ambiguous loss and other kinds of grief that they can't put language to you started to talk a little bit about the things that helped and what a gift it was to have connection with others. You know, I, I heard a quote one time that said a friend is a friend for a mile or two, but a brother is born for adversity. And it sounds like you have real connection with these people through the adversity that you've been through. Um, I'm also wondering if you could identify any other principles that, that seem to be common in the process of moving through the grief that you experienced. Yeah, I think that's a really good question because I think grief is such a part of life. If you're going to live life fully, you're going to experience grief. It's going to be there. And I really, for this, this was intense amount of grief. I really had to make friends with the grief. I had to welcome the grief into my life. I realized I couldn't fight the grief. I couldn't not feel the grief. And if I did that, it was going to consume me. And so there was a process of um, being with the grief and turning the grief into something uh, of value, you know, of like, what is what is this feeling actually telling me? And what am I getting from it? And it took a long time to get there because in the beginning, like I said, the first year after that, first year, maybe two years, really kind of a blur. It was just so overwhelming. We were just really in survival mode. But then as time went on, you realize life keeps going, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's mm-hmm. going to keep going. And, you know, I, I either have to go with it or there's there's really no alternative or or to let it consume me and and go nowhere and so it was a learning process of of welcoming that that grief in to to my life and and getting the value of it and really realizing that I didn't have to be afraid of that grief and as I started to do that it started to inform a lot of my decision making because I could, it really tells me what is valuable in my life. And so in some ways, a lot of the stuff that was, that I was worried about in, in before this just didn't have much significance to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was by being with the grief, like starting to see that and then starting to really say, what is actually really meaningful to me? What do I want to do? You know, um, and, and I guess, you know, taking that and saying, you know, Audrey didn't get a life to live, right? She didn't get that. And so in a way, you know, I can't not live a good life, mm-hmm. right? Because that would not be fair to to her short life. right? And so by coming around, by welcoming grief into your life, not fighting it, but using it as as a tool to inform what is meaningful 
to you, I think is so critical. And in, and, you know, in, in my work as a professional, you know, and I, I know you guys too, grief is such a part of recovery because we're going to have losses, you know, when people are engaged in any kind of a, a addiction, they're going to do things that are going to be against their values. They're going to lose things that are meaningful to them. And they can, they can, if they fight that grief there, in my opinion, it's going to, it's going to feed back into that addictive process that I got to get out of this pain. I can't feel it. It's so awful. Look at all of that I've lost. Instead of saying, you know, welcoming that mourning those losses, those are real losses, having compassion and then going, what is this? What is this telling me? That's, that's going to be meaningful. How am I going to take this and use it as a tool in my life to live my best life. So I, I think that, uh, I hope that Tyler answers some of your questions. <laughs> in, it really you know, does. It's, do. it's beautiful actually that you could, and I know that you you reference this being a process that probably came with all of the other feelings of feeling shocked and angry and cheated, but somehow you've brought yourself to a place of, I love the language you used. I had to make friends with my grief so that it could inform how I could find meaning. And that is, I mean, that is just that, just that message alone is so powerful in the process of overcoming grief to find that meaning and that purpose. And yeah, you, you, you definitely answered the question. Brandon, I cut you off. No, it's fine. I mean, this is just what you're saying. I think the depth of what you're saying, um, might, a lot of people might, might not understand it. Um, but there's purpose in pain and, it's interesting when you compare addiction to what you're talking about in terms of stepping into grief. If you look at addiction as avoidance, avoidance of yeah. pain, I don't want to deal with pain. What addiction does is it takes away the opportunity for some real deep growth. And my wife with our last child decided to have uh, labor, uh, natural without an epidural. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, crazy. <laughs> right. this is, she's like, well, I want to learn from the pain. I want to like experience that pain. And I'm, I'm like, wow, you're like, you're way more wise and brave and courageous than I am. And, right. and she chose into that. And it was interesting, you know, grief comes in waves and yes. so, so does labor. And so as, as the labor would come as the contract, she, she breathe into it and she'd use that pain and she was very aware of it. And, and it was beautiful to watch. Yeah. And the growth that I saw her experience from stepping into that pain was amazing. Now I've never, I, I better be careful what I say here because <laughs> I've never given birth, but I imagine grief, especially loss of a child is exponentially even more painful than that. And it's very different pain. Um, yeah. but, the, but the principle is the same, right, Dwayne, of, of like experiencing life, stepping into this, gaining that wisdom. And that's what I, I hear you talking about. And that's the opposite of addiction. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I also want to say, you know, this is, this has been an ongoing journey too. And I, and I, um, I want to be clear that this is still a process. And what is interesting is sometimes, like you said, you know, it comes in waves. It's sometimes really unexpected of where you're going to see it. You know, um, sometimes I remember uh, watching that there's that Disney cartoon, I think it's called Tangled. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they lose their, their daughter, you know, she gets taken away. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the end, she, they, they get reunited. Right. And I'm watching that and I'm like, that doesn't happen for me. Mm, yeah. uh, and it's like those kind of strange things, like that's not going to happen. Right. And watching this cartoon, this Disney cartoon and being reminded of that and then embracing it too, you know? So it's like, well, yeah, that is, that is what that is. And, you know, we have, we have two beautiful kids now and, you know, it's, it's, you know, when I see them, it's like, I want to hold on to them so tight and and part of that too is like on the other side of it, it's like maybe sometimes I'm a little more protective. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes I'm a little like less risk averse because <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I understand death is there and and it doesn't, there's no, there's no guarantee. There's no, you know, you know, <laughs> there isn't. And and so also getting comfortable with that too and and managing that right? Managing that and balancing that out. And so um, it's a process. And I would say to everybody out there who's going through some kind of grief, no matter how small it is or or big it is or whatever, is is giving themselves the space to to do that, to to walk through it and and embrace it and uh, giving themselves permission to do that. And and that it's a journey that it's going to keep coming up and it's going to keep coming back. And each time, you know, getting that that piece of information you need from it and being able to 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 do something with it. Dwayne, would you uh, Tyler, do you have a question? I don't want to cut. Go you. ahead, Brennan. Would you say that uh that I, I mean, obviously self-harm is not good. Like we, we don't want to go out and create pain for ourselves. But right. but would you say that um stepping into pain um is an important like skill? You talk about skills that you learned when you were young that that's an important skill to gain um in order to maintain long-term sobriety and recovery. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think you know you do, you don't have to worry pain's going to show up, you know. Um if you're going to live, pain's going to be here. <laughs> you don't have to go create it. You don't have to create it. You know, it's, if you're going to live life, you're going to have loss. And so I think it's understanding that. I think for me, one of the big things that really helped me with this, is just the practice of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of mindfulness work and, and meditation, which has really helped me sit. And in some ways at times that was about, um, I needed that because I just needed to survive, right? I just needed to get through. And so I could lean on um, meditation as part of that. And one of the, uh, when I got introduced, I got introduced to John Kabat-Zinn. I'm sure you guys have heard of yeah. him all over mm-hmm. the place. He's a the mindfulness guru. But I remember back in the day when, you know, you got him on CDs and you don't have that anymore, but you know, I got the CDs and would do his meditations just, you know, if you want to say kind of as a uh, escape and avoidance in a way it, it, it started as that because I just needed, I needed somewhere to go and, um, be, and I didn't want to 
engage in destructive behaviors to do that. I was wise enough to, to see that this is not where, how I'm going to do it. Um, but uh, that was a very big part of it too, because with the practice, the practice of mindfulness, it's about being present. It's about sitting, it's about watching and harnessing that skill uh, has also been really helpful with this process to get to that process of acceptance and um, the ability to welcome that those feelings in. Um, I think that's a really important skill to have. You know, you bring up a really good point, Dwayne, you know, thinking about mindfulness and how amazing it is with, you know, some of our clients won't come to understand this, but mindfulness has this amazing ability to, because you can accept things on the terms of life, it has the ability to be present in a moment of joy and actually experience that joy as exquisite, but it also has the ability in a moment of pain and suffering to almost decrease the suffering as you come to the acceptance of that as a way of life and embrace it for being a part of life. And mm-hmm. so you can increase your joy while decreasing your suffering through that simple skill. And you you brought up, you said something that I think was like really, really important for our listeners to hear as it relates to the context of a wholehearted life of recovery is that when you, you, you use the language, I think the, the words you said were, I came to the acceptance that there were no guarantees. And, and when you got to the reality of life, that there are no guarantees, not only does that allow you to come to a place of acceptance and help you work through maybe this, whatever grief parts of grief you're in at the moment, but that's also a secret to a happy life is to live a life when you're in acceptance of no guarantees, you get to go live your life right now. Cause that's all there really is to live. And, and that turns uh, like what feels like a, a, a rough recovery into a, a joyful recovery over time when that's embraced. Yeah, absolutely. And I know before we were recording, we were kind of talking about, um, you know, that recovery, the the willingness in recovery or enjoying your recovery versus feeling like it's drudgery or feeling like it's um, painful, you know, or you, you don't want to do it. It's like, I got to do all this stuff and I want to be there. And I think as, as you get to that process, you start to realize um, all the, the, the positive stuff that is there when you start to embrace it and you move to that space where it's, it's about living a good life at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's about living a life that you want. And by embracing our difficult emotions and sitting with, with, with those and being able to, to accept them and move through them, we get to that other space where we get to enjoy what's in front of us right now. And really like sometimes, you know, I'm there and it's just like, this is such an incredible moment that I get to experience and I'm not going to miss it because, and, and it's informed by that grief, right? It's, it's, it comes from that grief. I'm not going to miss this. I'm going to, to, to be here and be present in it. And so I get to pay attention to those positive events. Now, I don't do this perfectly. I don't want to sound like I do this all the time. You know, I'm also a human being and and sometimes people get the better of me, you know. But, you know, generally speaking, I, I feel like um, this has really helped me um, live, a, live a life that I, I like being in. 
You know, it's interesting. I, I worked hospice for a while and I learned a lot about grief and I, um, any like grief, the emotion is painful. And a lot of times people just think of grief as, as ouch, somebody died that I loved and now I'm grieving. Um, that's painful, but, but grief, the process is actually just about acceptance. And, um, we grieve all day, every day. Um, you can grieve. We, 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 we all three of us work with betrayal. There's a process for the partner of grief, right? Yeah. And, and, and all these principles that you're talking about, Dwayne, apply to that process for that partner of stepping into that pain, coming to some acceptance, you know, all, all of those same things. Um, uh, and and you could apply this to all kinds of parts of life, faith crisis, like you're, you're grieving, coming to terms with changing that part of your life, or uh, I could go on and on. Um, yeah. but, um, it, when you start to learn how to grieve, um, then the pain and the difficulty that comes in, actually any pain can be turned into a blessing and be turned into growth. And, and it's awesome it's awesome when you start to look at life that way, because then you be, you become resilient to fighting against it, fighting against life. Right. And I, I think that's a, a process that evolves over time. Like, I think sometimes we can talk about, you know, um, you know, you got to be friends with your grief and you're just going to do it. <laughs> it. I wish it was that easy. It's a process of, of getting to that space uh, of doing yes. it. And, one of the things that I, I mentioned earlier was the the chaplain at the uh, at the hospital. One of the things that she really advocated for us to do is create rituals around our grief. So she did. She had a lot of events of like doing uh, little things. Like even at the hospital, they would have um, a yearly Christmas grief ceremony where you could acknowledge your grief and and let it mm. go. And, and um, a lot of different other little little uh, events that you could do to acknowledge your grief in in a way that helps you see it and walk through it, and that uh, that has also been really helpful. And so, when you know working in all these different areas of grief, that if you're going to work in the mental health field, you're going to encounter this all the time. You know, helping people create ways to acknowledge their grief in in a in a fashion, if that's writing a letter to their grief and, and, and burning it, or, um, you know, uh, having some kind of ceremony around their grief, um, can be so incredibly helpful too, because it, it, I think it takes it out of just the, the, the insides and brings it to the outside. It becomes concrete. It becomes something that you can hold and see. And I think our, uh, we need we need to do it that way mm-hmm. because it helps see it. So it's a process of getting there, and it's a journey of doing it. And so, and and it's a good journey. It's worth it, you know. At the other, it's like you said. It's like it it helps you live a good life. But when you're in the midst of it, it's it's challenging. It's hard. You know, we in in our treatment, like in our in our groups, we uh, sometimes give a challenge. We talk about this idea of ambiguous loss, say in the betrayal trauma group, and we give them an assignment where they have to artistically kind of create a picture of their ambiguous losses. And it stretches them to like, have to put 
into context and something tangible, what they've been feeling. And it, it really stretches them. But what ends up happening is exactly that very thing you're talking about, where it almost validates the story and makes yeah. them feel like, and, and there's something we know about emotions that when an emotion can become validated, it doesn't have to be so loud. And so right. it kind of lets those things move through you. And that principle, I think you brought up that ritualization of giving your grief a platform, a story validation is actually a really powerful way of helping to continuously move through it. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point when you say ambiguous grief, because you can look at my grief and it's, it's, it's there. Like we have this event that happened that everybody can acknowledge. And when you have that kind of ambiguous grief where there's some kind of like loss, especially around betrayal trauma, it, it's, it, yeah, it's not concrete. It's very, sometimes it takes time to actually see it as grief and, and acknowledge that this is actually a loss. Like I've actually experienced a loss here. So I think that also goes into the different nuances of how we experience grief and loss. And uh, I think that's a really important part because it becomes hard to define sometimes in some of these other areas to say this, this I actually lost something here. I lost what I thought I should have. I, I lost what I thought I had. I lost my reality. Uh, I lost my future. And, and I've got to, I've got to make that known mm -hmm. to myself. And also I think to others who can understand Yep. safe other people have to know that grief too well it comes it comes back to the principles that you've kind of shared with us Dwayne in in terms of you got a support system so you you were able to process that and get validation and connect yep. to other people um also this this ritualization you 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 took your grief and you deliberately stepped into the pain um in a ritualistic way to to say yes i'm feeling this same thing happens with this ambiguous grief or betrayal trauma grief which is i mean i shouldn't say same thing happens a lot of times it doesn't happen and that's why a lot of people get stuck but if you can process it if you can get that connection and that validation if you can understand what that pain is and step into it then you'll move past it that you'll start to move on um, and, and so it's, it's really important to, to do it. So, yeah, I was going to add to like what you're saying. Cause it made me think about like, like I was saying, I'm mentioning this chaplain a lot because I couldn't have done it without help. Right. Like right. You need others to help guide you through that. Like I was helped through this process, right. I didn't do it all on my own. And, and so th these other people could help me do that process. And that's why we need like, we need to find community that can help us walk through it, help us maybe give us suggestions on how to do it. Because sometimes when we're so lost in it, we don't even know where to go. We don't even know where to look. We don't right. just kind of wandering in this. You're in a daze. In yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so having good people around you and surrounding yourself with good people, you know, finding your 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 tribe that can walk you through that and i and i feel like i think of the other you know through this journey and this time i've met other parents who have lost their children and um you know some of them didn't have that support didn't you know they were on their own and i i i felt i you know i, I can feel so bad for them because it was so much harder 
right? It was so much harder. And, and so once again, I, I, I just feel sometimes blessed that I had these people around me or they showed up in my life or I was open enough to be able to uh, let them in uh, even through my own, you know, my own stuff and um, do that. And I think, I think that's just a very important element too, when we're dealing with grief. Yeah. I think you've brought up some really good points today, Dwayne, and I know we're going to be a little short on time here in a minute. So I just want to, I just want to state back to you what I think I've heard from you and then see if there's anything else you would add to it. All right. So principally speaking, when we're talking about this idea of grief, you've emphasized a couple of times, one is connection with others is so vitally important and having that same kind of landing space, common ground place for people to hold the story, um, making friends with your grief through process where you can systematically come to understand what the grief is trying to teach you and help you find meaning and to learn to not be afraid of that grief and that pain. And then to give the grief a story or to honor it or be able to validate it through the use of rituals. Um, all of those are kind of like core principles that I've heard you speak today. Is that, is that right? I, I think that's a, that's a great summary. I, I love it. You, you <laughs> missed one. You missed one, Tyler, which was his mindfulness, like just oh, sit, that's right. Just sitting oh, yeah. in what is being right? learning, learning how to be present and just sit in it. Developing yeah. mindfulness. Yep. And, and I would just say to everybody out there, these are skills you can learn. These are skills you can incorporate. No one, you know, you don't have to be special to do it. You, you just practice it. You do these things. You get this help and just walk into it. Yeah. You, Dwayne, you, you can tell you've done your own work because here you are, you know, talking to us about it and talking uh, about the pain that you've been through so openly and so authentically and uh, it's just so appreciated both both from you as a professional but also you as a personally you know i can't imagine going through what you've been through um but to be able to share the wisdom that you've gained from it um is blessing lives and it's helping our audience so i i just really appreciate um you being vulnerable with us today thank you thank you Wayne, uh, if people who are listening here want to find out a little bit more about you or maybe even tap into some of the resources that you've created, what would be the best way for them to find you? Yeah, I think the easiest thing, if if you're interested in understanding the human brain and especially around addiction is to go to theaddictedmind.com. And then I would say the other part, if you're dealing with grief around infidelity and betrayal is helpingcouplesheal.com. Those two places you can get a hold of me and um, and I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you, Dwayne. Appreciate having you on today. Yeah, Thank you You are an absolute gift to us. I know to me personally, I'm, I'm feeling what I call like that slow burn inside right now, which is just a feeling of love and affinity for you and who you are and what you're doing and really appreciate your willingness to come and share. And for our listeners, if this is meaningful for you, or you know somebody, which we all do, who might be struggling with these principles of grief, this is a great resource. Please share it with them. Thank all right, you see guys. you guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Dwayne. Get, <laughs> go ahead. Thank you guys for making the space for that and making that uh, uh, available for me and everybody else. So, Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks. All right. See you guys. 